Y'all turn to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Special delivery is the title of today's lesson. Uh, remember last week we talked about the job description of, of the Holy Spirit? And the first thing we talked about is the Holy Spirit comes to help the believer in Christ. I think, I think today Shree brings out, he kind of develops that idea a little bit in this lesson more. So uh, Acts chapter 2 will be in verses uh, 1 through 13. I'm not going to read them right now. I want you to think about some things. These, these two things I'm fixing to make a statement about. Kind of a rhetorical question, but I think everybody can answer yes to them. And just let me read them verbatim. I jotted these down. He says, are, are there times in your Christian life that seem like you are in a rut? Maybe going through the motions as a Christian. The second part of that is, uh, what about life just beating you up, stomping on you, kicking you, or just overwhelming you? Can everybody answer yes to that? And life has ever done that to you? I jotted this this quote from The Holy Spirit has come to help, give hope, and to give power to the to the followers of Christ. Now that goes back to what we talked about last week. You know, come to give aid. We didn't even talk. Brother Bob brought it out, and I appreciate you in over in, in Romans. He talks about Romans eight where where the Spirit prays for us when we don't even know what to pray for. How amazing. When, when we're stomped on, and beat up, kicked, and just overwhelmed in life, you know, we, we don't know what to do, we can't speak, we're idle. You know, I think of being idle. I've been knocked out twice in my life. Believe it or not, both of them was catching a football. One that my daddy threw in the backyard. He baited me up, I guess. I caught it, and I turned around and hit the oak, oak tree, man. I'm on that it's right here. Next thing I remember, I, was, I woke up, I was over on the picnic table. I was probably 12, 13 years old. Second time was at Hatton playing an eighth-grade football game, and I'll never forget the sound. I think it was Andy Bird. Don't you know Andy? Andy does air conditioner work. Man, I've known that boy since six, seven, 50 years at least. I think he threw me a ball. When I turned around, I caught the flagpole down there. Right here. <laughs> and it was the most doing sound I've ever heard. And man, I tell you, I couldn't see out of this eye for the entire... Nowadays, they take you to the hospital. Man, put some rub something on it. Let's go. You know, I was blurred out of my right eye. And we won the game because I caught a touchdown pass. You know, so I, I, I guess I caught it over this show. Couldn't sing it over this side. That's the two times. I was idle. I didn't know what was going on. And we've all been like, we, I, I, we've been to that at times in our Christian life. And uh, Shreve makes a point, and it's so true. The Holy Spirit has come to help give hope and to give power to those followers of Christ. And this is read verses 1 through uh, 13. Uh, of chapter 2, and there's some names in here we may just uh, get a lick and a promise at, and we may try to, I may try to tempt some of them, so y'all just bear with me. Chapter 2 says that when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, Brother Larry out of Valley Grove one time bought a Honda Accord. You know, and my daddy worked at Ford, which was a sin to buy a foreign car. 
Brother Larry says, I mean, you know, the Bible even talks about being in the court. He thought, he thought that's pretty funny. Yeah. My daddy didn't think that's funny enough. Being a, being a UAW <laughs> And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, fully come, they were uh, all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing and mighty wind, and it filled the whole house uh, where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them uh, divided tongues as a fire, and one set upon them, and one set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with the tongues as the Spirit had given them utterance. Verse 5. And there were uh, dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men uh, from every nation and, uh, under heaven. And, and when the sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. And then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we had heard each in his own language in which we were born? Or Athens, y'all forgive me, Medes, something there, and dwelling with Mesopotamia, Judah and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, and Phygra uh, or something, Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya, adjoining Crete, uh, Cyrus, Cyrene, I'm sorry, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and prostates, Christians and Arabs, Arabs in Alabama, but Arabs. And we hear them speaking in their own, in our own tongues, the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Others mocking said, they are full of new wine. They drunk as Cody Brown in this. So, what happened on the day of Pentecost, right? Here? Not just new. What did it do? Showed up. That's when it came to live and the Christians. All right? Let's think about this. Three routes right here, and I'm just going to read them. Three life-changing, earth-shattering events that took place on the day of Pentecost. Think about this one. This is, this one, man, I, I, I probably spend the bulk of the time on event number one because it just kind of, it really, I need it, okay? Event number one, the Holy, Holy Spirit came to dwell in the believer. Let me read John 14, 16, and 17. I got a set of verses here to read to go along with this. John 14, 16, and 17. Jesus says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be uh, with you forever. He is the spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he remains with you and will be uh, in you. What did Jesus predict now? Think about this chronologically. What book? What event came first? What what Jesus said in John or Acts chapter 2? Which one came first in the pecking order of time? John did. Because Acts 1 is when Jesus ascends. He's gone. He's gone to the right hand of the Bible. So Jesus made a prediction. He made a what? A promise. Let's think about this. Jesus promised the Holy Spirit. 
Did it come to fruition? Did that promise come to fruition? How can we how can we apply that to our everyday life? This is the key point. It came to dwell. Jesus told us about it, and it happened. How can you apply that to your everyday Christian? You can trust him. What? He didn't lie to his sins. He didn't lie to his sins or, or, or prior to that. Everything that the Lord God Almighty, that Jesus Christ has ever said was going to happen, has happened. Go back. Think about it. When, they, when, the, when, the, when the Hebrews left Egypt and they got to the Red Sea, did it look impossible? But what did God had already told Moses to tell him? You're going to the promised land. It looks impossible right now. Whatever's going on in your life, if you're whooped up, you stomped on, you beat down, you kicked in the teeth, whatever. It may look bad, but when God has given you his word, you, we need to remember, I need to remember that you can take it to the bank. No matter what's going on, that's that's the thing that just really I, I needed to hear as I was going over this last week. because I get wrapped up in the here and now, y'all. I can't get out of this area right here of Dave's world. I can't I can't see anything past. I can't I can't remember what God's told me. What he's promised me. You know, I get bumfuzzled. My mind just goes crazy. But we need to hold on. God, Jesus promised the Holy Spirit. This is one of the billions of promises. He promised the Holy Spirit, he came true. They were promised the Holy Land, and he came true. They were promised a, a Messiah, and he came true. He was promised to die for our sins and be raised the third day. What happened? It came true. We got a we got a winning record, man. Lord God Almighty is batting a thousand. He's not batting nine ninety nine, which is outstanding. He's batting a thousand. He never whatever he says is going to happen. Let's keep that in mind. Let me read. Uh, I'll put my glasses first. We can read. Uh, what did Jesus promise in these verses? Let's go back to Acts chapter 1. Just flip the page or scroll up on your phone, whatever you ever have you do it. Verses 4 and 5 in Acts chapter 1. He said, and, and being assembled together with him, he, Jesus, capital H, commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Which he said, you have heard from me. This is read in my Bible. For John truly baptized with water, John the Baptist that is, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit for many days, not many days from now. What did the disciples do, man, when, when, when Jesus was hanging on that cross? Why did they scatter? They forgot the promise. They forgot the Jesus just said, hey, I'm fixed to leave here. Y'all hang around here because it ain't going to be long. 
and then, then the Holy Spirit would come. So just just hang on. He said, and, and you just you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. What goes through your mind when Jesus made this promise? When Jesus makes any promise, gives us hope. <clears throat> well, now remember, hope is an expectation. It's not wishfulness. Look it up in, in the dictionary. Hope is an expectation. So it gives us an expectation. It gives us, I like assurance better, because from the world's perspective, hope is wishy-washy to me. I think the world thinks, well, I hope I get to go. I hope he gets a base hit in the bottom of the night. I hope the Braves get rid of Smith. Damn. He's killing me, man. A left-handed guy give up three the other night. My word, man. I'm 57 years old. I believe I could get him out for him. I hate to be that way. It's killing me. It's killing me. Hope and wish. God made a promise. So when he makes a promise, what should our attitude be? Something we feel about. Thomas Dale. Stand on. Just hang out. It's going to happen. What's our problem? What's my problem? We get a case of the yeah, but. Yeah, but this is different. Yeah, but this is more important. Yeah, but I've never experienced this before. We lose focus because this brush fire that's in front of us is, is, is taking all our attention. Yeah, but. All right, so that brush fire comes up and it takes our attention. What, what's the problem? What what led to that? Unbelief, yeah. lack of faith, fear. fear. You know what mine is? Impatience. <clears throat> Tell me, dude, I'm the king of impatience. And I think king number two is my youngest. Oh, that joker, man. He's a dude. He's a dude. He went for his birthday. His birthday is July 30th. So he, he, he went and got fitted. Hospital at this new place. They told him he needed these stop clubs. So the guy rang up the bill $2,500. I said, Ho. Then we got the truck. And I said, My word, man. I ain't seen anything I give $2,500. I might give you $2,500 for a $10,000 robot. I like watches. And before we got home, he done bought some on I mean, without asking Madeline, I thought some years, I'm talking about boy, killing me. You're cracking me up. He's impatient. He's as bad as I am. So if he gets to go on his trip, he hopes to have those you know, clubs. But mine is impatient. Just not being patient. We just don't understand. Verse 6 says, the Well, you know, it's kind of like when they, when they quiz Paul. You know, when they when they quiz Paul, you know, in some of his epistles, when, when is Jesus coming back to get us? You know, it, it had been 20, 30 years. We get impatient. You know, we get him. I told y'all I got impatient with Danny Serpent that time. One minute past the time, I was impatient. It's just, it just, it's awful. Let me keep going here. What goes through your mind when you think about Jesus and his promise? Let me read this. He is faithful always. I put that in quotation. Let me read Hebrews chapter uh, 
10, verse 23. Let's listen to this. Let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering. Since he who promised is faithful, let us hold on to that promise, to the confession of our hope without wavering, since he is he who is who promised is faithful. What are the keys to this verse? Let me read it again. What are the keys to this verse? Let me read it. You tell me. Let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering, since he who promised is faithful. What are some keys that jump out at you there? His faithfulness. His faithfulness. What else? Without waver. Hold on. Is it 38 special? Hold on, Lucius. Don't let go. You hold on. The confession of hope. You know. That's our hope. God is our hope. Jesus is our hope. Hold on to it, man. Don't waver. Don't waver. How can we do these things? How can you hold on? How do, you, how do you do our hope? And how, how do you not wait? How do we not become that house built on the sand? And we built on the rock. When we're really built on the rock. How, how, in our mind, what do we how, What do we need to do? Except who we are in Christ. All right. Is that easy or hard? Hard time. Back to that patience. Other times it's easy. He brings up a lot of stuff to, to, to try to not get us to think of that, Doug. You're exactly right. Because what is his threefold purpose in this world? To kill, to steal, and destroy. He can't steal our salvation, but he can kill our witness. And he can destroy our witness. And he can destroy the joy that we should have if, if we allow. And then the Holy Spirit was promised. We're talking about the Holy Spirit, but right now we're focusing on the promises that God has made, Jesus has made, and how he's fulfilled it, and how the promise of the Spirit brings hope into our life. You remember I told you, we talked about it last week, that, that, that the first thing that the Holy job description was, was to help the believers. This this has really helped me. I hope it's happened to all everybody. Uh, and I jotted this down. Are you like me? Need to be reminded of this truth. I need to be reminded of it. I need to be reminded every day. You know what? And I, I've told y'all a hundred times when John David, and I, I'm a creature of habit. Terribly a creature of habit. John David would come home. This is what we would do every day for background. All right. We start out on the two. You think, well, my word, man. No, we, we, we're, we're in a routine. If you'll go read about John Wood and every practice was the same. Every practice. They did the little thing. They didn't worry about the other team. His philosophy, we do what we're supposed to do. They had to worry about us. We, jump, we sit on the tee. We hit it up the middle. I set the tee back. We do opposite field, 20 cuts. Put it on the inside corner. Get ready to turn on the ball, 20 cuts. Then we soft toss. Up the middle, opposite field, pulling the ball. Then we short toss, which is about here. Us, I see any them guys over there. You know, at, at, I can't remember the dimensions. At, at forty feet, if you throw the ball X number, it equates to ninety-five miles an hour. 
I know I've got all that stuff written down somewhere. So it just gets your foot down and we work it. Well, I'm throwing it inside. I can throw it inside from that part. We work on pulling the ball up the middle, hitting the back screen. We just go down the list every day, every day. And you might think it might get monotonous, but it, it prevents slumps. We need, a, we need our routine of getting up and doing the things we do. And this needs to be part of the things to, to, to keep us out of the slump. All right. <laughs> Let me read Isaiah 26, 13. Now, my question was, how do we tap into this spirit to allow us to have peace, not to waver and to hold on? That was my question. Let me read Isaiah 26, 3. It says, Ye, uh, you will keep the mind that is dependent on you in perfect peace. Hello. I, I, I copied and pasted all this out of the uh, Christian standard by the Holy Christian because I listen to it a lot as I'm riding my bicycle. You will keep the mind that is dependent on you in perfect peace, for it is trusting in you. So, how do you keep your mind focused on God and not get big down and not get whooped when it gets swerved and not, not, not. Not go over 40. <laughs> for 30. Now, this is fundamentals. Now, this is setting it on the T. This is soft toss and this is short toss. You will keep the mind. Where's the battlefield for all Christians? It's between the ears for me. I don't know about y'all. And what gets in there comes in these, these two things right here. And a lot of times comes in here as well. Okay. You will keep the mind. You is capital Y. God will keep the mind that is dependent on you in perfect peace. So how how dependent on? That's what that's asking me. Am I dependent on David Harold, or am I dependent on Lord God Almighty? That's really the bottom line. Is that not the question? Am I fouling that ball off? So how do you, how do you not get whipped? How do you not? And we do. We do. All right? Not making excuses to state facts. But I can look back and when I've sinned or when I've drifted away and when, I, when I've wandered and I, I've done some whatever, this, that, and the other, my mind has not been dependent on the Lord. My mind is somewhere else. So I think that's the challenge. That's the challenge. He jotted down several verses. I'm just going to read them. We, when, you, when we get to these points in our life, we pray these verses back to the Lord. Okay, let me just read Matthew 6, 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. There again. Where are you, what are you seeking? Where are you looking? Are we looking where we need to be looking? Philippians 4, 16 said, And my God will supply all your needs according to His riches and glory in Jesus Christ. We hit that squirrely spot, God. Your word says in Philippians, you will supply everything I need. There is absolutely nothing wrong, and it's really wrong if you don't pray it back. 
You know how many times, and for stupid baseball games, my kids are in college. I don't know about you, man, but it bothered me when I played. I'd get a little uptight, but after the first inning, you know, I'm kind of into the game, and I'm fine. You know, I never got that way with my two boys. And it's probably more so with Hogan because he was a pitcher. Because nothing in the game starts without him coming set, which if he's coming set, he's not pitching a whole lot. He's, he's, he's getting roughed up, if you know what I mean. If he's in the windup and everything's good because there's nobody on the base, unless there's a dude on third. We don't like dudes on third. But I would get, and I would ask that guy, you say ask, you say see, uh, you say, well, what is it? I lost my pecking order. You have not because you asked not. I've got that. So, and I would pray, God, I'm asking. And I'd say, God, I know. I know it's a silly game, but it's important to Him. And you know what? Whatever's important to you is important to me. A big test for your kid. It's a big, a big, a big pay raise, a job, a place of employment. If it's important to you, it's important enough to pray about. It. So ask and see and knock. I got it right that time, didn't I? You ask is verbal. It's pretty passive. Seeking you up moving around. Not that's a sense of urgency about it. When we get to when we get to that knocking now, we have a sense of urgency. And you just pray that back to the Lord. Lord, you say to ask. I'm asking. Lord, I'm seeking. I, I, I need some help with this. God, I, I, I'm knocking, God. I'm getting, I, I'm, I'm, I need this. This is what I'm, I'm, I need, Lord. Just pray it back to you. Just pray it back to you. Let me get going here. Uh, Hebrews 13, 5. Pray it back to him. This verse back to you. I will never leave you or abandon you. God, your word says you'll never leave me or I'm feeling alone, God. Make your presence so wonderful in my life right now that I, I just I can't explain. God, I feel like I'm fighting this alone. I feel like there's no one around me. I'm, I'm, I'm freaked out, Lord. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm dying here, God. I need your help. Pray about God. You promised you'll never leave or forsake me. You'll never leave me. You're right there all the time. Just pray it back to him. What does that do for you when you pray God's word back to him? Not what does it do for God, because he don't, he's not have to be reminded. He knows. What does it do for you? It reminds me. It confirms to me that God, this is what God said. You need to hold on to it, dude. Don't waver. The Holy Spirit is there. God's Jesus made a promise. Now we're talking about the Holy Spirit, but these are under that umbrella. Jesus promised it, and these are some of the things that help us not to wait, to hold on to. That kind of I jotted out. What about those promises? The ones I just read. Are those some you can hang your hat on? There ain't no doubt, man. Those are some that. I don't know the best way to do it. <clears throat> it might be a, you go to your notes on your phone and save all the, just start a list of promises. Copy and paste. 
I use Bible Gateway. I like Bible Gateway because you can go to it. And there's about eighty five thousand different translations. Now there, some of them are read on. You can listen to the whole Bible. The New King James is what what y'all really like. It's what I kind of this is what my Bible is. No one has read read on. That's why I have to go to something else. If I'm riding my bicycle, I can listen to it. If I'm knowing I can listen to somebody reading to it. And again, my reading comprehension is terrible. Terrible. My listening comprehension, I gather a lot more from being lectured to. I guess because my daddy lectured me a lot. I don't know. Growing up, I just I just learned better to listen. So I, I listen, but you can copy and paste those promises. When you stumble upon a promise in the Bible, put it under your, oh, I need to go to my promises page in my notes. Copy and paste that bad boy. Just like going back to the basics with Hitler, with John David. Get the tea out, son. Get the tea out. We're going to start there. We don't go out there. And, and the reason I say that, back in the 80s, I think it was 81. The Dodgers and the Yankees were playing in the World Series. Well, you know who was throwing BP for the Dodgers before game one? Kopacz. Sandy Kopacz. Man, he's out there. You know, fastball is what the world good one sounds like. Somebody went out there and they run him off the mound and they asked the guy, I said, Well, he said, You're putting the whole team in a slump. This is BP. This ain't get them out. Go back to the bases. Because Kovacs will show up on the mound of each. All right? And that's what, that's what we need to do. I told you we'd spend a lot of time. Event number two. The church was born by the baptism of the Spirit. Let me read Matthew 3, 11. Jesus says, I baptize you uh, with water for repentance, but the one who is coming after me is more powerful than I. Not, uh, I am not worthy to... Oh, this is John the Baptist. I'm sorry. I said Jesus. I baptize you with water for repentance. They don't do red on us. I don't know how to do red on us. I'm I'm ignorant technology. Okay. I baptize you with uh, with water for repentance. But the one who is coming after me is more powerful than I. I am not worthy to remove his sandals. He himself will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. What does bat What does baptize mean? Baptizo. Immersion, to be dipped in, to be something. Shreve makes a point here to say that they would baptize cloth and to dye the color of the fabric. He wanted to take a, 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 a linen cloth and get it purple. I guess they could take some stuck grapes and stomp it, and, you know, in essence, get a, get a shade of purple, dip it in there and let it set up. And then read Acts 1 5. Look at Acts 1 5. Jesus here says, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So we're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now read Acts 2, 2, 3, and 4. Let me read that again. And suddenly there came, this is when it happened, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing and mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there appeared uh, to them divided tongues. This owns me, man. I mean, how do you do that if it's not the Lord God Almighty? 
Everybody's talking in different languages. And everybody's understanding each other. That's, man, I mean, if that ain't God, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I can't understand English, much less speaking part of it. They said, then appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one set uh, upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Now remember, this is 120 folks, right? And began to speak with uh, other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. As a believer, a follower of Christ, what does this mean? When you're baptized with the Spirit, what does it mean as a follower of Christ? Well, individual baptism of the Spirit happens when you get saved. So one time day. One time day. And we're going to talk in a minute about filling, being filled with the Spirit. Let's keep what Brother Bob said in mind. Though. So when you're baptized with the Spirit, when you... Annie was at the house yesterday, and she tore up, tore up some chocolate ice cream. Okay, it's dripping off her nose and her earlobes. I was asking, wash the clothes this one. She said I had to wash that top twice because it's chocolate. So, like when you dip it in that chocolate, it's hard to get off. When you're baptized in the Spirit, you can't get it off. You're sealed. So. What's the difference between being, and I, here we are. Uh, what's the difference between being uh, baptized in the Spirit and feeling, being filled with the Spirit? Baptized in the Spirit is a one time event. What's being filled with the Spirit compared to that one time event? It's a daily event. Well, you might say, well, I filled it up. It's kind of like this mentality my boys have. We cleaned that garage out two years ago. Why don't we have to do it again? Y'all ever you got that? You know what I'm talking about? Because it got dirty. All right. We cleaned my cleaned my bedroom when I was eight. Well, you're 28. Come on now. It's 20 years, you know. <coughs> Why do you have to be refilled, David? Because we leave. Yeah, that's the same thing Shreve said. I thought that was the last. Because we leave. I get mad. I leave. I don't stay focused. My mind is not where it needs to be. The battlefield up here is getting cluttered. I'm not sharp. I'm not aware. Like Peter talks about because that roaring line. You know what I'm talking about. I get it gets it gets fuzzy. <laughs> the world creeps in. You fill that bathtub up, and if you filled it up to the very top. And it's, it's the Christian life. Then you set my big fat tail in there as the world. What happens to the water? It goes over the side. When you let something else in it. Now, when I get back out, it's gone back down. You know what I mean? So when we leak, we slosh it out, we get rid of it. Why do we need to be? Because we're right there on there. Uh... Let me go back to position. I got way ahead of myself. That's fine too. Let me go back to being being position. That that being filled is, is, is our position is with Christ. End of discussion. 
So what can come in and take our position away from Christ? Go back to Jeremiah, David Jeremiah's study on Romans. The last few verses at the end. What shall separate us from the love of God? Nothing. Nothing, honey. Like the cereal. Let me read it. I got way ahead of myself. That's fine. Let me go down here and read it. This is Romans 8. My favorite chapter. 35 through 39. Says, who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction? You've been beat up. You've been afflicted in this world. Or distress? You ever had worry? What about persecution? Anybody ever make fun of you? Anybody ever hurt your feelings? I'll never forget Deegan. Don't y'all know Bill Deegan? Big boy. He told me one time, he said, man, he your feelings hurt, coach. You ever had your feelings hurt, coach? Leo, you ever had your feelings? You get that idiot hanging on that fence over there. You get your feelings hurt. Everybody gets your feelings what about famine or nakedness or danger or soul? And this is written because you are, are being put to death all day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Paul says, for I am persuaded that nothing can separate us, neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers or things present, or things to come, no powers, nor height, nor depth, or any other created thing. That didn't cover it all. Nothing created will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the position we have. Because the Holy Spirit came and has filled us, we've been baptized in the Spirit, we've been immersed, we're, we're, we're colored, Christian, in that dying process, nothing can take it off. And no amount of coal rocks get it clean. I also tell you, when she got Annie's little ice cream outfit, what is them little sticks? She rubbed them things on there, look like a look like a leopard. Put it all over there. I don't know if it comes clean or not. She said it was in the washing machine. Clean the rest of the street. You know, but it's all right. They make, my daddy said they make them every day, man. Event number three, and I'm going to get back to being fifth. The church is empowered by the filling of the Holy Spirit. You know, well, we are, I already got ahead. I, got, I didn't have my glasses on when I started reading. I'm sorry. The church is empowered with the filling of the Holy Spirit. You know, I talked about how do we, how do we, uh, why do we need to be refilled? Let me read this, and I'm almost through. Because Shreve has uh, got a very good, it's about a page and a half here, so y'all pass it. Let me, let me just read it. And he's talking about being filled with the Spirit here. He says, well, we know that the Passover pictures what happened in Egypt when God led his people out of Egypt and through, through the Passover land. And the Scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 that Jesus is our Passover land. And you know, this is just a transcript that I bought and Jeff bought, and I couldn't open up, and that joker could. So he, I just printed off the transcript of the sermon. And the lamb that Moses and the people had to slay to be put on the hill, on the lintel, on the doorpost, on the, on the lintel, on top of the part of the door, 
on the sides of the door was, was a picture of Jesus. Jesus is our Passover. It is his blood that we put, we do not, we put not on the doorpost of our, but on our doorpost of our heart. And his blood washes away sin. And his blood changes us. So Jesus is a picture of the Passover. And they celebrated the Passover. And Jesus is a picture of the feast of the first fruits. Because right after Passover on that next day, that Sunday, they would, they would have this thing called first fruits. They would take some part of their harvest, which was just be, just the beef, and they would take a couple of stalks and they would wave it before the Lord as first fruits, saying, Lord, this is your, the first part of the harvest. Just come on, uh, it's just come in. Here's a little bit of it, and God, we want to, you to bless it. It was kind of majestic. That's kind of majestic. He said, then they would wave it before the Lord, and it, and it was like, here's a piece of the harvest that's going to, to indicate that we are going to get a great harvest at the end of this 50 days. And Jesus, the Bible clearly says, is the first fruits of those who die. He is the first fruits of those who fall asleep, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20. So all this stuff pictures Jesus. And then on day 50, which is when Pentecost really comes, the 50th day, Pentecost means 50, he says, then they would take and they would bake two loaves of grain and they would offer it to those, those to the Lord. And then it is, it is, uh, it was a symbol of the Lord. The harvest has come in. Praise you, God. Thank you. So that this is the symbolism. So when Jesus, when that Holy Spirit comes into us, because all that Jesus did, he became, he became that blood for the Passover lamb back in Egypt. When we stand before him, we're not guilty. His blood is on the doorpost symbolically of our, of our heart. That spirit empowers us. It empowers us to forgive, to endure. keep going, get up, and we stomped on, kicked, knocked down. You know, and, and you guys in here, I, I find it amazing. We come along, we grab somebody by the bridges, help them up. I know from Jeff and surgery, all the way around over here, issues going left and right. Jim's not here today. Big time issues. Big time issues. How do you sustain? My daddy's first cousin died going to the funeral after church about one o'clock. Mary Lou died. I guess you know that. Mary Lou, Posey, and my daddy first cousin. Their mother, her mother, and my granddaddy were from the you know, and, and Mary Lou, it didn't take, it didn't, she didn't go down the stairs as slow as my dad. And, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know how, watch it. How do you watch it? Holy Spirit, man. He empowers us. He empowers us to forgive. And uh, 
I was listening to one. Somebody preached this week. And it's something about the Holy Ghost or something. I, I should have I should have brought my thing and I should have played it for you. But this guy <clears throat> come up the phone. Somebody mistreated him in, in, in the concentration camp. Killed his family and stuff. He was like he's standing right here where he's at or lags at. You know, and God said, You want to give now, big boy? I'll tell you, it was on David Jeremiah. I'm going to order. That's what we're going to do next. The power of prayer, I think it's the name of it. When we get through the Shreve thing here, we're going to go to that. He's got a study guy. I'll get you some more. I got it saved on my phone. How do you give? I mean, you know, I mean, it just goes down there. The Spirit empowers us. And we read that in Galatians 5 22, 23 last week about the fruits of the Spirit. How do you have love and peace and joy and long suffering? You know, the Spirit allows it. Let me see what I got here. I jotted down wow to that. He came that we might have power. And then I, <clears throat> the song, I don't know, I'm going to read this. I've kind of got, y'all know who Zach Williams is? He's a Christian singer. He, he looks like a country singer. He's got a beard, man. He, he's a rough looking dude. Chain break. Y'all know that song? The Spirit allows, this is what God did for us when He sent us out. And I'm just going to read the lyrics and then we're going to have a question. Zach Williams song. If you have been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice telling the same old lie, if you're trying to fill the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you've got pain, Lord God Almighty, He's pain taking. If you feel lost, He's a way maker. If you need freedom or saving, He's a prison taking savior. Those, those prisons, unforgiveness, lust, addiction. Whatever it is, we can take it. Far enough. And nothing he can't overcome. And so we've searched for the light of day and the dead of night. We've we found ourselves worn out from the same old fight. You ever been there? We've run to things we know just ain't right. And there's a better life. There's a better life. If you've got pain, he's a pain taker. Let me read them again. And if you've got a if you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you feel, if you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you've got chains, he's a chain breaker. Didn't look good. Well, where was it, Peter? Or was it all the socks? Bound up chains. Peter, wasn't it? Had the chains and been killed next morning, but bunch was praying for him. Earthquake came and he walked out of it. It looked like he wasn't going to be. What did Jesus promise him? No. You're going to be, you're going, you're going to be the, the cornerstone of the church. Right after what we read here in Acts, well, you know what Peter did, right? <coughs> what he did? He preached. And the Holy Spirit was there. 3,000 became followers of Christ. And the preferable down broke him. Lord, they were coming left and right. So the promise of the Spirit. Jesus said he's coming. God's sent him. Don't, don't ever forget. 
God's promises. And the power that the Holy Spirit just brings to us. He can do things we can't even comprehend if we will allow. My biggest problem is I want to pull back on them reins a little bit. I want to forget these promises that uh, God has promised. Does anybody got anything to add or subtract? Let's go to the Lord and pray a little bit. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for keeping your promises. We really focused today. What really is Spoke to my heart, God. You really spoke to my heart about your promises and how you keep them. You promised the Holy Spirit, and God, you also you really spoke to my heart. If my mind stays on you, and despite this, your word is full of promises, God. And I, I just high pass them a lot and don't think much about them. God, I need to ponder those, consider those, apply those to my life today. We're gonna pray for this prayer request. I want to pray for service today and I looked up Jim's life I know it's tough it's tough I know and God I thank you for your saving grace and your empowerment that we get from the Holy Spirit that will allow us to do things that a person I don't think I could do I know I can because I'm, I'm weak Got up and depend on your spirit. God, I want to thank you for all these guys. Kevin, all the way around the gym. Guys. And I know there's good prayer requests ain't been asked, and been mentioned. God, I know they're God, I thank you for these guys. I thank you for letting me come in here. But God, I want to thank you most for sending Jesus and what he's done for us. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on that cross for somebody like me. I want to lift these things up to you. And I want to thank you again for everything you do. Your sweet, precious name. Amen.